The following is a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. Welcome. We're midweek, halfway through that sucker, Wednesday edition. And thanks for uh, stepping in and coming along. John Scholes here. My good pal Lior Samfiru is here, employment lawyer, Samfiru Tamarkin LLP, the most positively reviewed law firm in the land reaching out you probably will and have a conversation on your own time discuss your matter you can do so 1-855-821-5900 help at employmentlawyer.ca or the website pocketemploymentlawyer.ca it's free it's anonymous extremely useful and full and unrestricted access to the severance calculator once you uh, open up pocketemploymentlawyer.ca today on the show or tonight anyway for the next half hour accommodation based on family status what is that We'll get to it. We'll break it down and work through it. But more importantly, no question too small or too complex. If it has to do with your work life where you spend eight hours a day, five days a week, it's an important topic. Bring it on. We'd love to talk to you. We are ready to go. Case of the day, pal, what's happening? Hey, John, you're right. We are ready to go. I certainly am ready to, mm-hmm. to talk employment law and to take as many questions as possible. Take advantage of this. You know, Not every day you get someone telling you, I'm here just to help. So that's what I'm saying. I'm here to help, here to answer questions, here to tell you what you need to know about workplace rights and about your job situation and make you understand what the law can do for you. So if you're uh, driving now back from work and you want to know if what happened at work today was all above board, why not just call in, ask the question, I'll tell you, and you can walk uh, or go the rest of the way knowing what you need to know. Whatever the issue, if it touches on the workplace, there's solutions. And it starts with this call, but it doesn't have to end with the call to the show. You can always reach me in the office to have mm-hmm. a private chat, a private email exchange. I want that. I encourage that. So please uh, don't hesitate to do that. We'll give you that contact information. Now, to start off case of the day. So uh, every Wednesday, uh, I do a, a live stream event uh, that airs on uh, YouTube, Facebook, and LinkedIn. And I yep. do kind of the same thing. I take live questions and I answer them. So... Uh, a person today that joined my live stream asked me or had a very interesting and certainly very unfortunate scenario, uh, and I wanted to bring this up today because there's some important lessons there. So he had worked for uh, an employer for only about nine months, and during those nine months, he had worked some crazy, crazy hours for which he wasn't paid overtime. I mean, just some insane hours. His employer didn't feel that the overtime laws applied, uh, but given this job that he was doing as a physical job, he ended up getting injured. Not surprising considering how much he was working. So uh, he, he had to take a bit of time off, not long, but after a couple of days off, guess what? Employer fires him. And by the way, do you even think that they thought to offer him any severance? You think <laughs> no. that you'd be, you'd be wrong? No severance. And this guy, man, gets it from all directions, just bad, bad situations. He contacts me then today on our live stream and he wants to know what are his rights. So, of course, we need to break this down because there's so many things that this employer did wrong here. Obviously, overtime has to get paid. You you work more than 44 hours a week. It's time and a half. You have to get that paid. There's no discretion there. You cannot be let go because you're injured. Number one, that's a human rights violation. Number two, it could be a a violation of occupational health and safety legislation uh, and workers' comp legislation. Uh, You can't be let go in a situation where you suffer a workplace injury. And of course, we also, he's also owed severance. So it's a wrongful dismissal on top of that. 
So we have overtime issues, we have wrongful dismissal, we have human rights violations, we have occupational health and safety violations, you name it. If there was a violation to be made here, this employer figured it out. Uh, <laughs> unbelievable, really terrible situation. Yeah. And I, I, he's glad he contacted me. I'm going to continue my discussions with them and help them resolve this issue. But of course, I wanted to remind people, I, I'm pretty sure your employer, you, you guys out there listening, is not going to be that bad. They're not going to make mistakes and, and really uh, get it wrong on every aspect of employment law. But you may have a situation where you're not getting paid overtime. Well, you have to get paid. You give me a call. You may have a situation where uh, your employer uh, doesn't allow you to take time off if you're disabled. Give me a call. Or if they let you go when you're sick or unable to work, definitely give me a call. And most of you, if not all of you, if and when you're let go, you're not going to be offered the severance that you're owed. It's just true for 90% of people. Definitely give me a call. So you have to consider all these things. Uh, you know, unfortunately for him, he had that all at once. Not common, but definitely the issues individually happen all the time. You know, outside of the the severance thing you just mentioned on the tail end there, not getting severance, which is obviously wrong, or the appropriate severance, I mean, I guess any workplace, why they're not knowingly do that or knowingly try to get away with it. But the other matters, which which seem like pretty huge infractions there, that's generally, in your experience, smaller companies or the big boys make these same mistakes too? You know, the, the other issues, they're so bad and so obvious that probably I'd see that more often with smaller companies. Yeah. And it's kind of one of those cowboy mentalities. Yeah, yeah, it's our company. We do whatever we do, whatever we want. Uh, no, obviously that's not true. Obviously that's not the case. The law doesn't care if it's a big company, small company. Laws apply just the same. And ignorance, by the way, is no is no excuse. If an employer doesn't know, well, they have to inform themselves. It's part of having employees in this province. You can't say, well, I'm going to hire someone, but uh, I don't really know what the laws are. I'm not going to worry about it doesn't work that way. There could be significant consequences for not knowing what the laws are not complying with it. So being a small company, not having like an in-house HR department is simply no excuse. It's a good way to open it up. And now we're going to open up those phone lines. Jason, I see you there standing by. My friend, we'll get to you after a short break. Employment Law Show, it continues. Hang on. You're listening to a paid commercial program. Unless otherwise identified, guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser. The opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of Chorus Entertainment. And welcome to your Wednesday edition of the Employment Law Show. Just getting a couple of calls lined up and squared away here, reaching out to Lior. Outside of the show, you know that, one 855 We'll get to, uh, to Jason. Hi, Jason. Thanks for uh, chiming in tonight. How are you? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. Good. Okay. What's your question? So the question that I had was um, just in regards to a friend, actually. It wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so okay. my friend, they worked at a restaurant for for quite some time, years, you know. And then all of a sudden, the restaurant got bought out by new owners. She's a, a waitress. So um, just recently, this happened anyways, about a month or so ago. Um <clears throat> And um, it, they, she has regular clients that come there every Sundays and whatever for breakfast. And the clients uh, kind of got upset that this particular Sunday, because every time they come there, they're just taking way too long, way too long just for breakfast, you know. And there's nobody in the restaurant. They're just taking too long to put the food on the plate, you know, and bring it to the table. Okay. So 
unfortunately, my friend relayed the message to the chefs, which were actually the owners. I mean, that's who they are. And because of that, she was let go. <laughs> and I, that's and it. I, okay. I didn't know what to, I didn't know, I didn't know what to tell her. So I said, I, I, I'm pretty sure they can't do that to you. Well, it's not that they can't do that. They're allowed to let her go. I mean, listen, it, it's a, I'll be blunt. It's a stupid reason to let someone go. And it's, it's, it says something about the kind of people that they are. But from a legal mm-hmm. standpoint, yeah, they can let her go as long as they pay her severance. Not that the letting go part is not illegal. The, the illegal part is what I'm sure is the case that they actually didn't pay her severance. Now, here's what you need to, to understand is when this, new owner took over the restaurant and and your your friend continued working there they essentially inherited her service so if she worked for a few years with the previous owner and then she she worked for a month with the new owner she has her full years of service now so they have to pay her severance based on those years of service how many years did she work there total over five six years she's been there so she could easily, yeah. be, easily be looking at six months of severance, so you know six months pay. That's substantial. So it's not so much the termination that's illegal; it's the fact that she's owed six months severance. So what you should do, Jason, is have your friend call me. Uh, we'll give you that number in a sec. Happy to connect with her and and get her the severance that she's owed. That's the issue here from a legal standpoint. It's it's it comes down to that severance. Yeah, because she's she's very, very great person, quiet and. Uh, and she didn't know what to do. She and she, you know, she has a family to support too, and she sure. ended up a single. She's a single mother, so it kind of hurts her. And well, it, it, that, well, now, now we have a plan. So have her call me, and yeah. I'll help her. Jason, appreciate that, pal. Got to run again. That number for your friend to reach out and uh, tell her not to hesitate for sure. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred to get a hold of Leor and his team. Help at employmentlawyer.ca. Hey, Will, how are you? Good. How are you? Good, pal. What's uh, what's on your mind? Uh, um, got a small office, uh, two employees. Uh, one will retire in about a year, year and a half. Um, they've been working for me between four and five years. They're good people. I uh, want to do the right thing, and I'm wondering what I owe them. So you're you're a small operation, so you're able to provide them their their severance entitlements by way of notice. What I mean is, if you giving if you were to give them sufficient notice that their employment is going to come to an end you'd be meeting your obligation. So if they've been there four or five years, again, depending on the specific job and their age, you know, somewhere around that six-month mark is probably what they would be owed. So if you were to give them six months' notice uh, that their employment comes to an end, then that's it. You wouldn't owe them anything beyond that. Now, the one thing to keep in mind, of course, is that it's possible if you say to these employees, okay, you're you're gone in, in six months, they may just turn around and leave before that. Maybe they find a job and that may leave you in the lurch so one of the things yeah. you may want to do is offer them uh, what I, I'd call a retention bonus. So I'm giving you six months' notice, uh, and if you stay till the end, I'll, I'll, I'll pay you an extra, I don't know, 1000 2000 5000 whatever you think makes whatever. sense. Uh, so th- to give them that incentive to stay till the end so that you don't have a situation where there's no employees. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, it does. I had been talking to some friend, and they said, oh, you owe them uh, – uh, three thousand three. What did it say? Three, uh, three months notice, and you're saying six months. No, no, it, it would not be less than three six months, months or legally six months. I, I, it would not be less than six months. No, if they've been with it's you not. right around that five year mark, it, it would not be less than six months. It's absolutely not three months. If you give them three months notice, that's fine. 
but you'd have to make up the yeah. difference by way of severance. You'd have to pay them an extra three months gotcha. uh, uh, at, gotcha. at the back end of that notice. So yeah. if you give them six months, that's all you do. But if you give less, you'd have to make up that difference. Gotcha. Because I figure if I give them six months notice, you know, I don't want to lose them because it really upsets the operation. <laughs> you know, if they want. Yeah, hence that retention bonus, right? Like that. Yeah. 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 All so right. Well, thank you. I appreciate your idea. advice here. Yeah, no yeah. problem. Good luck. Thanks, Will. Appreciate it, pal. Again, you want to reach out any further, either uh, call us back at a later time on this show, or you can reach to Lior and his team, no problem, 1-855-821-5900. That's, a, that's an interesting way to look at it. You know, a little here, I'll dangle the carrot in front of you. The only, uh, the only problem is, not a problem, but the only incentive is you just got to stick around till the end, and you get a little bit extra cash. It's pretty smart. Actually, it's a pretty smart yeah. way to do it, right? Well, you know, I, I am a pretty smart guy, so it kind of sense. <laughs> but no. But the reality is, yeah, if you're going to give someone a, a lengthy period of notice, especially in a situation where, you know, it's a small operation, those employees are the operation, he can't really afford to lose them. Uh, the, the best thing to do is to give them an incentive to stay. Uh, mm-hmm. And by the way, he doesn't even need to give notice at all. He could simply terminate on the day he wants to terminate, but then he'd have to pay the full severance. So, you know, he can he can think what makes the most sense for him but one way or another these employees are likely going to be owed right around that six months either by way of notice or by way of severance or a combination of the two it's a combination based on family status start with a basic question right what is the duty to accommodate that we talk about so the duty to accommodate generally is a situation where an employer has to provide support to an employee to help an employee for specific reasons. So the most common duty to accommodate arises when there's an injury or a disability. Mm -hmm. In those situations, an employer may have to provide accommodation by giving modified duties or modified hours uh, and and support the employee while they're sick and maybe recovering. So that's kind of the most common one, uh, common duty to accommodate that we see. But another fairly common one is the duty to accommodate based on family status. And What that is, is the idea that in some situations, you may have certain family obligations that you need to meet, specifically those that relate to to parent and child. And because of that, you may need the support and the help from your employer. You may need your employer to allow you to leave work early or to come in late to, to, to have some flexibility because you need to care for your child. And... That is still a duty and an obligation that an employer has under our human rights laws. It's not right. a nice to have. It's not a good idea. It is a legal requirement. So this duty to accommodate based on family status, often employers get wrong. I see employers often say, well, no, that's your problem. Well, no, no the law makes it the employer pro- employer's problem to provide that accommodation. Want to get to more of those? Want to slide over to a call in between though, Frederick? Thank you for uh, for taking the time tonight. What's your question? Hi there, Liara. Thank you. Um, question for you. It's more of a general question. Um, I'm a I'm an executive with a company. I get the feeling that my boss is trying to build a case against me. I, I get I get paid very well, and I've been there you know for five, six, seven years now. And it's what can I do to sort of protect myself if I feel like my boss is building a case to, to dismiss me. You can help so me that, first right? of all, I need remember, to... if... Sir, go ahead. No, I, do, I, do I need to retain a, a lawyer at this point, or should I just sort of let it run its course? I'm just trying to figure out how do I protect myself if I don't think it's just. Sure. So keep in mind, if, if the employer 
pays you severance, if they're, they're paying you a full severance, they don't need to work hard to build a case. They can simply make the decision and whether they have good reason or bad reason, they can do that. And in that sense, right. if they want to let you go, there's not a heck of a lot that you can do to, to kind of prevent that from happening because an employer okay. can let you go as long as they pay you severance. And that severance you know, could be quite substantial. But oftentimes Correct. what we see is an employer building a case to show that the employee did something that's so wrong that they can try to terminate for cause, i.e. without severance. Now, that is very different. And the only way they can actually try to do that is by letting you know that there's issues that have come up. If they're in the secret office building up a case and they never say anything to you, that's not that's nothing. That's not worth anyone's time. But right. if their way to build the case is by you know, telling you that you've done things wrong, writing you up, giving you bad performance reviews, in other words, involving you in it, then yeah, they may well try to do that. If that's what's happening, the best way to protect yourself is to respond. So if you're getting written up, if you're you're getting criticized, is to respond professionally, uh, respectfully, why you disagree, why it's not accurate, why they're not considering all uh, all facts, so that your so your that your silence is not seen as acceptance of what they're saying. That's the best way to do that. By doing that, you're going to make it that much harder for them to ever consider terminating you for cause without severance. But if they're paying severance, they can do that without even having to work hard, but they may have to write you a hefty uh, severance check. Right, which, which is what I'm, I'm, I think that they're concerned about. As an example, it did happen one time where they wrote me, and it was strictly just a disagreement about the direction of the company in a, in a boardroom meeting. And I got right. written up for it, which I, I found very odd. Uh, so I responded back once, but then they responded back. It just would have perpetuated the argument back and forth. So I only reply back once in writing. Is that all I need to do, or do I need to keep responding every time they respond back to me? You know what I mean? No, I mean if you've dealt with that one issue, that's that's fine. But every time there's something yeah. else, you respond to it. Then you know, for example, if we're talking about that situation where you're arguing about the the direction of the company. I wouldn't Correct. be responding by trying to tell them here's why I was right. I would simply respond by saying, listen. What I said is out of concern for the company. I only want what's best for the company. I, I've expressed my views as to you know, how to make this company the best that it can be. You know, kind of respond like that. That mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's it's you're not a bad guy. You know, you're you're someone that wants to help the the company. So that's how I would always respond to these types of scenarios, and that's really the only thing that you can do. Now, how long have you worked there, uh, Frederick? Almost seven years. And I, I know I'm, you're an executive I'm, I'm, role. How, Correct. Yeah, senior, very senior level. Yeah, and I'm over fifty and, years old. So, so you'd you'd easily be looking at, at a year severance, probably more than that. You know, probably even fourteen, right. fifteen months. So that's what severance looks like for you. So if they, the only way, the only conceivable way they could ever not have to pay that is if you do something just so outrageous, so bad that it's just impossible to continue employing right. you and. It's it's going to be okay. almost impossibly difficult for them to do that. I wouldn't lose any sleep over it. But certainly, if they write you up, if, if there's things in writing, even verbally that they say to you, respond to them. Except your response should always be in writing. Got it. Okay, well, I appreciate the advice. As always, thank you very much.
Thank you. Yeah, keep us updated uh, too, Frederick, as to how things go on in the future. And always feel free to uh, to call uh, call back here on the show or reach out to Leor and his team at one 821 5900 help at employmentlawyer.ca. I want to get to one more uh, question about the accommodation based on family status. Does that also go, you, you talked about child care obligations that, you know, they got to step up and take care of that. How about the other end of the scale? If you've got a, uh, a sickly or, a, you know, an older parent, you, you've got obligations to take care of them, take them to appointments, maybe some care you have to provide same thing absolutely you know many of us have yeah. uh, elderly parents that we have responsibilities for and they may require help so uh you know parent and child goes both ways whether it's your child or your parent uh the law protects that relationship and requires the employer to provide that accommodation so if you have a responsibility for a parent that requires you to be there with them at a certain time uh, and, and to provide that support and help for them then your employer has to find a way to accommodate you. It's not good enough for them to say, well, that's on you. You figure it out. Now, Mm -hmm. that all said, you know, I want to kind of clarify here. The employee does have an obligation to try to see if they can meet their their family obligations without the employer's support. But if that's not possible and the only way you can meet those obligations is through your employer's accommodation, your employer has to do it. They can't really argue. And there have been cases, many cases, where employers were – penalized quite severely for not meeting that duty to accommodate. How long do they have to keep it up for uh, if I'm an employer? Forever indefinitely? Well, it, until it becomes impossible essentially to accommodate, and that may mean indefinitely. Yeah. You know, it, it's not. And, and by the way, I've seen situations where an employee says, well, because of these obligations, I need to be able to start at uh, 9.30, I don't know, instead of 8.30. An employer says, well, no, no, wait a second. That Think how unfair that's going to be to everyone else. Everyone else has to be at 8.30. How can we let you start at 9.30? Not a good enough reason, not even close. Too bad. The law says you have to accommodate. And if that means you have to do it indefinitely, so be it. Now, of course, if it's so difficult to accommodate, if it's just too costly, it's just not not workable, then sure, an employer doesn't have to go that far. But to simply say, no, no, we don't want to do it or it's going to upset other people, no, that's going to be a human rights violation, not something an employer can do. So if your employer doesn't accommodate you, if they don't accommodate those family status obligations that you have, give me a call because oftentimes – a letter from me resolve these things very, very quickly. And I guess that's really the crux of it at the end. I mean, that's that's the next question, obviously, is what happens if my employer doesn't comply and doesn't want to uh, just dig his heels in the ground. That's it. I guess reach out to you and let uh, let your guys take care of it, right? That'll uh, give them a kick in the pants, as you like to say. So um, I guess we'll leave it like that for now as we're just running out of time. Appreciate your phone calls today. Calls back tomorrow. We'd love to get you on the air. In the meantime, one 821 5900 to reach Lior's team. Help at employmentlawyer.ca and that website. Always use it. Always have it handy. Pocket Employment lawyer.ca you'll have access to the severance calculator from there as well and we'll catch you tomorrow 6 30 another edition of the employment law show take care the preceding was a paid commercial program unless otherwise identified the guests on the program are employees of or otherwise represent the advertiser the opinions expressed therein are those of the advertiser and do not necessarily reflect the views and policies of chorus entertainment